Hey, you're listening to Soul Games, the podcast. Where we explore new ways to enjoy the game of life with a touch more soul. <laughs> and a lot of fun. So let's play. Shall we? Well, welcome to Soul Games, the podcast. Emily Capshaw and I are here for another episode for your listening pleasure. Welcome, hello, Emily. Hello. <laughs> Thank we you. have something a little bit different today called the Soul Lab. It's sort of a new format with the Soul Games podcast. And this is an experience where we bring various experts in to lead us in an experience, meaning Emily and I, we are the guinea pigs. So depending on the expertise, we'll engage with an expert around a specific teaching, um, maybe an expert-led experience, a practice, or as in today's situation, a reading. So there's various um, frameworks, the way we see uh, people, sort of designs around people. And today we're diving into human design with the wonderful Erin Claire Jones. Um, and she's going to take us through uh, a basic understanding of human design and kind of a reading of Emily Nye's charts, which I'm super stoked about. Yeah. And also on these Soul Lab episodes, we are doing an uncensored host conversation for all of our paid subscribers. So if you want to join that subscription, there's a link in the show notes. You not only will get Brady and I's hot takes on this conversation, <laughs> what we felt about it, completely uncensored, but you also get other behind the scenes content and subscriber only episodes. So check that out in the show link if you're interested in that. And for previous listeners of the podcast, we used to do that on Patreon. Now we do a paid subscription and you can check out that link in the show notes, like Emily said. But let's uh, let's welcome Erin Claire Jones to the show. Erin, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are such a delight. Every single time I've experienced you, I've like walked away feeling inspired, mm. affirmed, encouraged, all the things. For, for those of you who who don't know Erin, I'll give you a little backstory of how I connected with her. Basically, over the last couple of years, in starting Soul Games, the program, sort of men's and women's programs, I was always on the hunt for the, the best experts that I could find. So in various fields. And I, somehow I stumbled into you, Erin, on Instagram. And uh, I was like, ooh, she has a great branding. Ooh, she's a badass. Hey, she knows what she's talking about. And I had sort of dove into uh, human design for the last few years as well. But I think what you did in that world has made it very accessible. Um, and for those just like that don't know anything about human design, you know, I was studying astrology and I was studying the Enneagram and I was studying various profiling pieces. And this human design for me was like just another like avenue around discovering myself and how I was designed and sort of to come into alignment with that. And Aaron will give us way more, <laughs> way more like expert understanding of what it is. But um, when I found her, I hit her up and I was like, hey, would you come into our Soul Games groups? And she did. And it was fantastic. And all the guys and the, the ladies were just like, dumbfounded because she's spectacular and i'll read her bio just for a quick second so you guys can realize she's um she's next level more than just my uh way of sort of giving her accolades but she she's a leadership coach who specializes in human design she's she uses human design to help thousands of individuals and companies step into their work and their lives as their truest selves and to their highest potential 
Um, she's got like a growing community that's like over 240,000 people that she basically sends out emails to and the socials and all that kind of stuff. And her work's been featured in Forbes, Mind, Body, Green, Well and Good, Nylon. Basically, uh, she's uh, one of the premier experts, in my opinion, on human design in the world. And we have her today on the podcast. So I'm super stoked. Thank you, Erin. Thank you for saying all that. It's such a, <laughs> feels great. Um, but it really is. It's been so fun sharing human design with your community. Um, so I appreciate the recognition and I'm so excited to share it on the podcast too. And a real quick word about, she does these blueprints, human design blueprints where you can, um, I don't know, what are they? They're around like hundred bucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. 95, and yeah. you submit your birth details to her and within a couple of weeks or so you get, um, a JPEG, this beautiful laid out JPEG around 60 pages or so. That's just you. It's specifically your design speaking to you. And it's amazing. And I think we're going to do a discount code so all the listeners can get one of those, which will be Soul Games. Mm -hmm. And you guys will get a little discount off the the full price and I highly suggest it. I have I have actually two versions of it and every time I read it it sort of like shoom, brings myself into alignment with who I am and I'm like oh yeah that's who I am like mm. I live in a world that's trying to make me be something else but like that is who I am and Aaron, that's a fantastic resource you've created. So thank you so much. I feel like I'm like a hype man today. I'm like oh, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like give me one. I'm I know, but, um, it's so, it's so nice to hear that. I think it can be such a good reminder of like your potential and who you are. So I love, I love that you have that experience. Yeah. Well, Hey, give us a, a little, I guess your understanding or definition of human design for those who have never heard of this. Of course. So human design is a system based on your time, date and place of birth, like astrology. And it gives us each our energetic blueprint and how we're uniquely wired to thrive, whether it's at our work in love and in relationships or with parenting. And it really just gives us each our own roadmap to finding our flow. And I think it reminds us that we are each wired so, so differently. And the more we really lean into and honor our differences, the more flow we find. Hmm. Uh, that sounds like a good thing, right? It is good. I think it generally <laughs> feels better that way. Yeah. <laughs> and how long ago did you come up, can, can, like, join, like, discover, discover human design? I discovered human design in 2015. Um, very serendipitously in New York City at a gathering where a stranger basically, like, did a mini reading for me on the spot and blew me away and really told me I was meant to do this. So it was very cosmic in all the ways. Um, and I have been working with and sharing the system ever since. That's actually fairly recent, right? Like we're talking like seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. So it must have like over, overtaken you like in a really profound way. Yeah. I mean, I think it also human design is relatively new. Like yeah. it was, it's, it feels so long ago, but you're right. It wasn't so, so long ago. But when I started sharing about human design back then, like no one knew at all what I was talking about. It was like such a fringe system. And so like, I would say it wasn't until 2018 that like, it seemed like people started actually being interested in it. Yeah. So it's been amazing. Cause now it's like such a cool thing. It was like, yeah. uh, literally I'm like, um, I think it was like the Washington post, like in for 2023, I was just like, that's crazy. Like it was so not like that back then. And so it's been amazing to watch both the awareness and excitement around human design grow. And I guess like I'm Mr. Question over here. So like Emily, you could pop in anytime, but like my question would be like, we've had D Diane Garvin, astrologer friend 
uh, on the podcast. And if you were going to like, so astrology is a way more like pop culture. So it's way more like, seems like people have known about it for a lot longer than human design. But if you're going to be like, what's the difference between astrology and human design, since they both take the birth details, like, how would you answer that question? Yeah, it's a great question. I think like the simplest answer, which is not super satisfying, it's just like that they're different systems. Like it, an astrologer will not look at a human design chart and know what it says. And I will not look at a natal chart and be like, got it, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I think that like, even though the input is the same, the output, while I think very supportive of one another is very different. And I think what drew me to human design is that I find it to be so practical and so grounded and so actionable and so specific. And I think all those things can probably be found in astrology as well. I'm just like not familiar enough to speak to it. Um, but in terms of where, what human design draws from, it does draw from astrology. It draws from the Kabbalah, from the I Ching, from the chakra system. So it kind of pulls together a lot of different systems to really give us this kind of full blueprint into our own unique operating system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Emily before we jumped on here and uh, I was like, wait, so like we have to share our experiences with the, the thing that, you know, with the expert who's coming on. And I said, so you, how do you, how much do you know about human design? And what did you say? And you were like, I really, I don't know that much, which surprised Brady. Cause I, it's, it's the type of thing that seems like I would know a lot about of it, about it. Cause I'm really into yeah. similar systems and I'm, I feel like I'm human design expert adjacent where there's a lot of people in my life that are know a lot about it but yeah so i hear all the the lingo and the language and like but i really don't have an in-depth understanding so i'm really excited for today because this will be the first time that i've really had an opportunity to dive into some of the pieces of my chart beyond just knowing the the very very basics and not really even yeah. knowing what a lot of that means just having yeah. my friends be like oh you're a generator that's such a generator thing and i'm like cool <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so What's yeah, I'm excited to learn more. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And for myself, uh, I mean, it's been one of the main ways I think that I've understood myself for the last number of years. And so I love that actually Emily, you and I are coming in from like two different places as hosts. So I think it's fun that like uh, I've sort of dove into it for a number of years, for the last couple of years, and it's been very helpful. And Emily's coming in fresh. And so we are going to be guinea pigs with you. And sort of uh, the debrief, I think, will be super fun as we Mm -hmm. kind of come at it from different perspectives. So what do you think? Should we enter into the Soul Lab? Let's go. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This this is, uh, we don't have music yet at the moment for this, but I think we'll probably will have music at some point. So enter in the Soul Lab with Erin Claire Jones as she takes us on a journey her guinea pigs into the world of human design and reads our charts. Take it, take it away, Aaron. <laughs> okay. And I just want to confirm, you guys want to hear about you individually and collectively? I think I'm open to anything. Okay, cool. I think whatever feels interesting. So. Okay, great. Let's see where it goes. Um, and, and why I asked that for those that are new to human design is that there's a cool piece of human design where you can literally layer charts on top of each other and kind of start to just observe what happens in relationships and offer people tools around that. So if you guys are totally new, I would recommend looking up your chart at humandesignblueprint.com just so you can kind of follow along, especially if you have similar designs. Um, so let's start with the fact that you guys are both generators. Um, so in human design, there are five different types, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. Emily and Brady are both generators. And so what that means on a high level is that you both have such tremendous energy to kind of build, create, and make things happen. 
when you are so genuinely lit up and excited by what you're doing. And I always say an ideal day for you is often one where you wake up kind of energized and excited. You spend your day using up your energy in ways that really feel good, whether it's who you're spending time with or what you're working on. And you kind of drop into bed delightfully spent. You're like, I've used it all up and I wake up energized again. And I would say a big, big lesson for generators is around learning how to prioritize their own excitement. Because the more they do that, the more lit up they are, the more energy they have, and the more they kind of power everyone around them. But, you know, because they have such powerful energy, people can often want them to do all kinds of things. So they're often very prone to kind of saying yes, overextending, burning out. And so it is this lesson of like prioritizing your satisfaction is not selfish. It's a thing that kind of allows you to have the biggest impact in the world. Um, Curious how that feels to both of you before we keep moving. I feel exposed. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. resonates for sure yeah yeah I, I mean I feel this I feel the same right like I know what it feels like to be completely lit up and I know what it also feels like to use my energy for things that don't light me up and it yeah. just sucks everything out of me and mm-hmm. I think the question that comes up inside of me maybe it comes up in a lot of set of, a lot of people who are like resonate with being like a generator are like, wait, so like I can just do the things that light me up and how do I make money? Right. Yeah. Like, cause oftentimes those things often, those, they're not always, you know, synced together in the, mm-hmm. in the world that we live in. So yeah. how do would you, you answer that for a generator? Well, I think in general, like you are meant to make, well, you are meant to be able to kind of prioritize your satisfaction in your life, whether it's like a job that allows you to do it or whether you're making money doing it. Um, I think one thing that is important to kind of remind people of is that the goal is not to be like 100% lit up by everything you're doing, where it's like, I am not taking out the garbage because like, I'm not lit up by it. You know, it's more that you just kind of want to end the day and you're like, I feel really satisfied. Like I use my energy in ways that feel really good. And like, I feel really fulfilled. Um, And so like, that's probably like, I don't know, 80 or 90 percent who knows and sometimes being satisfied is not the same as being lit up you know sometimes Mm. it's like god this was a hard problem but it felt so satisfying to complete so like one thing i will say is that for generators like yes you're going to be lit up but being like deeply satisfied by what you're creating and how you're using your energy is like the biggest compass for you um and so to what you're saying is like I think with the clients I've seen, like, I think it really can be possible. It's not always possible immediately. Like if you say you're in a job that you really don't enjoy um, and you hear this, the answer might not be quitting your job tomorrow because you might have a lot of financial responsibilities, but maybe it is like, okay, what is the thing that really is giving me a lot of satisfaction? Like, how can I funnel more energy into that thing and kind of begin the transition into a thing that feels more satisfying than what I'm doing now? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it totally makes sense. I mean, even the last, like I had, I've had to do taxes over the last like few weeks and I hate taxes more than anything. It's the worst. And the, one of the ways I think that I've tried to keep this, um, this understanding of myself alive about doing the things that light me up and like not completely losing myself is just like grabbing a coffee and going for a walk in the morning. Cause that really lights me up. Like just being in the sun and drinking coffee, I just feel like, Oh, this is beautiful. And so I start out the day in a place that feels good rather than start out the day, like crunching numbers in a place that feels bad. So I can at least ride, I can ride the energy a little bit and it makes the like harder things that I don't want to do like that 10, 15% that I have to, it just makes it a little bit more bearable. Yeah. And, and so wise, because I think that like, again, as generators, when you're genuinely lit up and satisfied, like you become more energized and it kind of pours out of you into the world. It's like the best thing to be around a lit up generator. But if you're doing things that really exhaust you, it just drains your battery very quickly. And so I think that what you just said, Brady, is the thing that I actually recommend for people often is that like, 
if you have a task that you must do that really like just is not fun, like doing a thing that does bring you joy beforehand, like that does light you up because that energy can kind of like spill over and like help you sustain that other thing. Well, I did that because you told me to do that like a year ago. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, you're so good. Okay, good. You're you're the great, you're the teacher. Yeah, I love it. I was like, I do tell people to do that. Um, But it's just like, again, and again, I I just like, I think sometimes it's not about being 100% lit up, but it's about like creating those little moments and seeing them as really, really important. Um, so another part of being a generator, this is something called the strategy and every type will have a strategy and our strategy really reveals kind of how we're designed to best interact with the world around us. And so for both you, Emily and you, Brady, your strategy is called responding. And what that means on a more practical level is that as much powerful energy as you have to give, neither of you are meant to kind of chase after things and initiate and force. You are very naturally magnetic and the more lit up you are, the more magnetic you are. Your job is to kind of keep your awareness open and just see what shows up in your world that excites you. And like when your gut really gives you that response, then you're meant to pursue it. So you're really meant to kind of be guided by your gut response and let that guide what you say yes to, where you go, what commitments you make, and not kind of be lost in your head about it. Um, I will say a lot of generators I've worked with have spent a lot of their lives trying to force, initiate, and chase. And so this offers are really different but often more aligned way of doing things. Um, And even Brady's example was perfect in terms of how he discovered me. It's like on Instagram and it's like, oh, like this feels cool. Like she seems interesting. I want to reach out. You know, like that's the response. It's like, I see a thing and I feel a thing and I'm going to follow that feeling. Um, And it's often as a generator, it's not until a thing shows up in your world that you know whether it's right for you. And so for you, it's about kind of like seeing what shows up and what it actually generates within you because your gut as we'll get into is really your greatest compass. How does that feel to both of you? Does it feel aligned with the way that you show up? Do you feel like you're more in that chasing, initiating tip? What, what, how's it show up? It feels really timely for me to hear right now because I feel like I definitely have been conditioned to behave really against that um, way of being that you're describing and just having to, to force and make things happen and be really be an initiator and feel in control of everything. And so I've had to put a lot of work in to learn how to trust and surrender enough to sit back and let things arrive to me and be that magnetic energy and just notice, Oh, here's an opportunity. I'll say yes to this. Hearing that just feels, it feels scary in my body because it's, it is very against how I've actually learned to survive. But I have noticed that when I do that is when I feel the most fulfilled and things feel the most easeful. And it's a practice for sure for me. Oh my God. And it takes time to trust that, Mm -hmm. you know? And like one thing I would add is that sometimes you generators can get such tunnel vision where they're like, I must make this, this thing happen. And then in doing so, they kind of become blind to all the other opportunities that are coming their way. So another reminder Mm. for you as generators is like not only pay attention to your initial response, but like also keep your awareness open, like see what's showing up because like you might think that you want a thing and then like another thing shows up and you're like, Oh, I actually want that. And so it's kind of like allowing that to happen as well. I was saying that a lot recently I've been using this metaphor of like, if not keeping my plate full of things that are not full yeses, because then there's no space for the full yes to come in. And so trying to preemptively hold space and energy and use my nose more intentionally to wait for the thing that's actually really going to excite me instead of just giving my yes to the thing that's like, "Hmm, okay, that's fine. But I don't know what else and feeling that scarcity to just jump right onto the not right thing. Totally. And, and one thing I'd add, and then Brady, I want to hear your thoughts on this is like, 
again, it's like generator energy is so powerful, but it's also finite. And so if you're kind of your energy is filled up with commitments that feel a little bit half-hearted, like there actually isn't space for other things to come in. And so again, what you're saying is so wise where it's like, let me just preemptively like let go of all the things that are not full-bodied yeses, because in doing so, like I create so much more space for more aligned things to come in. Um, so I love hearing you share that. Brady, what were you going to say? Well, I'm just curious because um, the question is like, well, you know, manifesting, manifesting, manifestation, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. There, there is a manifester type in human design. Yeah, um, I found them to be very, very catalytic. Like they just think about something long enough, and it just comes into their orbit, and yeah. it's like mind blowing to me because like it doesn't work for me. Yeah, and I hear the Instagram people are like, just think about it, and it comes to you, and I'm like, that doesn't work for mm-hmm. me, right? Like, right. Um, but like, how would you say? Because there are seasons in my life where I'm just like waiting for that thing to show up. And I actually think there are seasons where the thing, nothing shows up and there's a point in that season, right? But like, yeah, what would you say for a generator like us to manifest? Like, how do we manifest or like, how do we prime the pump when we're just responding and nothing seems to be showing up? How would you answer that? Yeah, it's a great question. And like, you know, I think the name manifester can be a little bit deceiving at times because people are like, I can't manifest. I'm not a manifester. And like Mm -hmm. some of the language in human design is a little bit silly, but like, you're right. They're really good at just like initiating. They're like, I'm just going to do it. Um, I would say that for you, and again, you're right. There are seasons and you got You have an aspect in your design, which is very like pulsing where there just are going to be periods of like extraordinary, like momentum and growth. And then periods of like kind of retreat and like sometimes melancholy, but more just kind of you're recalibrating and waiting for that next burst. And so like, wait, that's in my chart. That is in your chart. Why did you tell me this? (laughs) That's a generator thing or something different. It's not a generator thing. Okay. So you feel that? Yeah. Really deeply. Uh, Yeah. Cause I mean, the last year really was like so boring. Less like those six months of the last year, I was like, what? I have nothing that's interesting in my life. And then the new year hit and I was like, boom, off to the races. Like it's time. It's go time. It's so natural. And I would just say a big lesson for you is to like not force momentum when it's not there. Like, I don't mean like remain stagnant, but more just not like I have to have extraordinary growth right now. It's like, oh, like, let me just see, like, am I really like reflecting? Am I really like allowing myself to be creative? But I think to answer your question on manifestation, I think we can all manifest in our own ways. I would say for generators, it really like for both of you, it probably is nice to envision the things that you desire, but wait for them to show up in your world and like wait for your gut to really kind of guide you towards them at the right time. Um, But I will say like in those periods of stuckness, Brady, I think that like I would do as much as you can to kind of do the things that do feel satisfying to you. And it might be as simple as like, I'm going to go for walks. I'm going to drink coffee. I'm going to like have a friend that really lights me up. Like it doesn't have to be work related because like doing that helps magnetize a lot more opportunities your way. And so I think just like satisfaction on a daily basis, whether it's related to your work or not, is one of the most important things you can do. And also I would say if a ge- as a generator for both of you, like if it feels like nothing's coming, like sometimes it can be useful to just like get out in the world and see what you respond to, you know, where it's like, I'm just going to go for a walk and see what store I'm drawn into, you know, or I'm going to like listen to podcasts and see like if any of the topics light me up. So like you can like get, get in the orbit of things and kind of see how they make you feel in your body. That makes sense. I mean, when I was writing songs, I would literally like listen for an hour to Coldplay live music videos of Coldplay or John Mayer, whoever. And then I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to write a song. This is amazing. It would just get me in that energy and that momentum. Exactly. Exactly. 
So if we keep moving, there's a piece and you guys are all the same here. This is not, this is a piece that can, things can start to branch out. Not all generators have what we're about to talk about. Um, but this is a piece that you guys both share. So you guys are both what we call sacral or trust your gut decision makers. This comes from an aspect of human design called authority, which speaks to how we best make decisions. Obviously a really important piece. So for the two of you, you are both designed to make commitments based exactly on what Emily said, based on, based on kind of what your gut feeling is telling you in the moment. Both of you don't need to sleep on things. As soon as the full body gut response is there, you can move into action. I would say anything but a full body yes, as Emily was saying, is like a no, we're not yet. And like a not yet sometimes. Like you might be like, doesn't feel right, doesn't feel right. A week later, you're like, feels right, I'm going for it. But both of you are very much meant to be guided by your gut and what you feel drawn to and what it's pulling you towards. Um, a really powerful way to access your gut response for both of you is that people ask you very specific questions. So if I, Brady and I were having a conversation, like he might kind of go off and just tell me all the reasons why he should do something. And then I might ask Brady, like, do you actually want to do the thing? And he might be like, absolutely not. You know? And so like, it's like when a question is positioned that specifically, you often know a yes or no in your gut. Um, and, and finally, I would just say that both of you, like, the gut doesn't come with a reason. If you find yourself giving reason for a decision, it's not your gut speaking. Your gut sounds a lot more like this thing feels right or it doesn't. I don't know why yet, but I trust that I'll find out why later. Mm, that feels, that's true. That's true. Yeah. If I sleep yeah. on it, it almost makes it like worse because then my mind starts going. So it's, it's better exactly. to, if I act in the moment, then I know it's off the gut feeling. The more time I give it, the more I start to go, well, and the rationalizing comes mm. in. So I resonate with that for sure. So smart. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Brady. No, it's wild because there are types that like they need to sleep on it. Right. Like I there do. are people that yeah. actually need to sleep on it to know how they feel. And I'm kind of like, nope, I know how I feel immediately. I just exactly. have to trust it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. You have to trust it because like Emily said, it's like you will have a gut response and then your mind will probably jump in pretty immediately and try to give reason for it and convince you out of it, you know? And so like the more time you give yourself, the more likely you'll be convinced out of it, you know? And so there is something around just like, what is that visceral feeling that I had? Um, and how can I really let that guide me? Even though my mind is like giving me all the reasons why I should not. And again, I think it's also useful to have the awareness, as Brady said, that like not everyone operates that way. Like some people have to talk things out. Some people have to sleep on it. So it's like both of you have like instinctual gut feeling in the moment. Like what a nice thing to share as collaborators. Um, but but not everyone has that. Because you have to sleep on it. Is that your types a little different? I do. I do. But my husband is like knows in the moment, you know, and like I'll try to know in the moment and then I'll wake up the next day and I'm like, oh, I feel differently. Shoot. You know, so I've just learned to like give myself that space because like my initial excitement about a thing can be really deceiving. And I often like will know how I, and sometimes it sustains, but like the question for me is like, does it sustain? Because I might be excited about a thing and say yes. And I wake up the next day and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I feel like um, a couple a year or two ago, you said that your husband's chart is similar, has similarities to my chart, like a yeah. one three generator, correct, or something like that. Yeah. So, like he's in the similar space yeah. that you're talking about with both with. Well, I don't know with yeah. at least my chart, but em, Emily's in a little bit. Yeah, totally. And my daughter's a one three manifesting generator, so I'm, I'm getting it all up in my home. Yeah. 
Um, so. so you know this type way too intimately. You're like, you know, all the problems, you know, all the benefits. I know, I know. But I'm loving it. You know, I think that like my my partner has also really helped build our business. And I think that he's, I think generators are amazing, you know? And so um, when they are channeling their energy properly and are really discerning about where they put their energy. Um, but again, it really requires that they are gut driven and allow that. Mm. Okay. Let's keep moving. So we're going to branch out here. Do you guys have any questions so far? You're killing it. You're killing it, Aaron. Oh, okay. okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. So um, there's a piece of our design called definition. And it's a piece that I think is like, and we talked about this, there's a course I'm teaching right now. And like, we were talking about how like, this is such a misunderstood and rarely talked about piece of human design, but it's really, really useful. Um, it just speaks about how we can kind of best interact with others. And I know Brady, we've talked about yours before. And so Brady is what we call a triple split. I call this a synthesizing definition. And Emily is a split. I call this a collaborative definition. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Brady. So in terms of how you best process things, you are somebody, oh, and I'd be curious how this showed up in kind of your period of feeling stagnant, is that you are somebody that is not really designed to be in the same space with the same people all day, every day. Like freedom and movement are really essential to your design, like being stimulated by different people, by different spaces, like throughout the day, throughout your life. And so like, if you're ever feeling really trapped or confined or stuck, it's often not a signal that something's wrong with the person that you're with. It's more that like, you need to go move your energy around. Um, and so like, I think, and I don't know whether this contributed to you feeling stagnant at all, but like I would say in those moments of stagnancy, like moving your energy around, allowing a new inspiration, new ideas, like that really helps you kind of process and just like feels activates you in all kinds of ways. Yeah. I think a lot comes up when you say that, like, um, the thing around like friend groups kind of moving on at different yeah. times and different seasons. And I've actually heard like no, standard friend groups like change every five to seven years, just way that life works in a You're sense. Right. So yeah. There's kind of been some grief around that in my life and being like, Oh, and in astrology terms, I'm a Leo. So I'm just like super loyal. I'm like, wait, yeah. why does this have to end? And that kind of stuff. But yeah. then there's, there is the other, but I also find really a lot of stimulation of like moving into different f circles and different people and different friend groups. But then there's just the day-to-day -day stuff that we're kind of talking about, which would mm -hmm. be if I stay home and work by myself in my pad, I'm like, I like go like, wah, wah, wah. But if I can just go sit at like a public, co like a coffee shop or a workspace and there's mm -hmm. just people around, there's a part of me that just settles. Totally. Like I'm just kind of like, oh, this feels better. I'm, I don't even have to talk to people. I mean, mm -hmm. I like seeing people that I know and I'm very social, but mm -hmm. there is a part of me that just kind of like settles and relaxes. And I've heard it's because of the triple split or like I have mm -hmm. a lot of open channels mm -hmm. and stuff. And mm -hmm. apparently being around people like... Um, I don't know, connect my channels. I don't know how to, what is that? I have no idea. What does that mean? It just like activates you in new ways. Like it just feels like in your design, there are all these like separate parts of you. You've got like a really strong intuition, like a really strong will. You've got all these ideas. And like when you're together, just like everything like connects. We're also like you have energy for all your ideas or like things just become mm. more clear. You can like communicate about things in new ways. So like mm. it just, it makes things more interesting and it kind of connects up all these parts of your design in a way that gives you access to things that like are just new and different. Well, that makes sense. And I want to add one more piece. I don't know if we talked about this before, but we all, this is like a, a deeper layer of human design. I will never recommend this as the first piece to dive into, but it's fun. Um, Let's go. This is my favorite. Yeah, um, have we talked about your environment? Uh, I don't know. 
do you do you re, um, remember the term external markets? Mm-mm. Okay, so we all have kind of an ideal environment, and it's it's like symbolic. It's not like Brady's going to go live in a market, obviously, but like what that idea means is that like a really good environment for you is one where it feels like things are happening, like just like things are being exchanged, you know, it could be like online, it could be offline, it could be business, whatever it is. But like the external pieces around the fact that like leaving your house and working from other places is often going to feel the most natural for you. It doesn't mean that you can't work from home, but I think like, again, if you're feeling stuck or stagnant, like leaving your house and going somewhere is so healthy for you. I love that. Yeah. That I relate. <laughs> you relate. Okay, cool. Um, so let's talk about Emily's definition. So Emily, like I said, you're what we call split or collaborative. Um, mm-hmm. This is not at all about collaborating all the time in your design, but it is really good to kind of be around and work with others when you feel inspired. Um, and similar, it's a little bit different. Like you don't need like stimulation from like all these different people in spaces. But like I would say that when you feel really stuck at home or when it feels like you're like having a hard time, like accessing a thing or getting clear on something, going to work from a coffee shop can be really useful. Like just being around like somebody else's energy for a moment. And like, and it's not about talking to anyone. It's about like, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and like put my headphones on or like I can call a friend or I'm like going to go for a walk. But like, Similarly, like I would just say, like when you feel stuck, when it feels like things are not happening, being around other people's energy, whether you're working with them or not, can kind of help resolve that stuckness. Mm. Um, And I'll add with that, like you also have a very hermit nature. You're very sensitive according to your design. So like alone time is probably so important. So again, this is not about being around people all the time. It's just like when things feel like they're not flowing in all the ways you want. Mm. How does that feel to you? Interesting. Yeah, is I'm curious if the the environment piece that you touched on just now with Brady, if that's the same in mine or what mine says there. It's different. So yours is markets as well. Like it can be good to be like around the buzz of things and feel like things are happening, but it might feel more natural for you to kind of be at home and be in your own space and mm-hmm. then kind of work from that environment. Again, if you're feeling stuck, like go somewhere. Um, but yours is a little bit more kind of in being in your own space. Yeah. I think what that all that resonates with me, I think I I work on my own the most and it feels really natural to me and I can get a lot done when I'm just isolated and in my own space. And that's how I've done most things. But when I am collaborating and it feels really good and aligned and like a yes and not just something I'm codependently doing for someone else, then I find that that's actually what tends to grow the most or feel the most exciting. So it definitely makes sense that I can get a lot done in my generator zone when I'm in my little creative flow in my hermit mode. But then sometimes yeah. that's almost creates this feedback loop where I'm not receiving any new stimuli or any new energy. And yeah. so the balance of that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I think what's really cool is that when your two charts are layered on top of each other, like there's like this single flow of energy where basically like, it's just like, there's a sense of wholeness where it's like, I think with the two of you, it's like, again, you can be work with others if you want, but like you guys, there's not like a need to, it's not like we must go be around others. Like you guys can kind of access it all when you're just like in your own space. And like, you guys have a really nice dynamic where it feels like very tightly held together, but it still feels spacious. You know, it's not like so tight that no one else can get in, but it's not so spacious where you guys are really disconnected. Like it's a really nice, it's kind of the ideal combination. 
Wow. Yay. Like what, what do you, what channel, right? Go us. What channels, is that a channels thing? Is that like a centers thing? It's, it's a centers and definition thing. So it basically okay. means that when your two charts are layered on top of each other, eight of the centers are defined. So there's like a lot of like powerful energy and, and one is left undefined. We'll talk about it, which means that again, there's like plenty of space, you know? So it's not like, it's like everything I've been in plenty of partnerships where every single center is defined and like, and it happens often because I have a lot of definition, but like, it means we're really locked in, but we're like, oh, we must take space, you know? But for you guys, it's just a little bit more natural where it's like, we're really locked in, but space is natural as well. Um, and then it comes from the definition piece. So when you guys come together, you're what we call an independent or single definition. So there are like no breaks in the energy. Like you guys can like, it, you just can access everything when you're just in the space together. Wow. And there are a lot of cool kind of channels that you guys do create together. So we can talk about those as well. Does that make sense? Wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I would say an area that you guys are here to learn together. So there are areas in our design that can be potentially challenging, but also places of like really powerful wisdom. We call these our undefined centers. So an area that you guys both have and are both here to learn from is your undefined emotional center. Wow, that was a hard one. <laughs> but it's great because you guys are here to learn about it together and individually. And so what it means is that the two of you are both very empathic in your design. Like, and what I mean by that, and again, we can all feel things, but you guys can feel other people's emotions and then experience it within yourself and like amplify it within yourself. And Everyone so it can doesn't do feel that? really wow. intense. <laughs> so it's an amazing gift of yours but obviously it can be overwhelming as well you know especially if there's not a lot of discernment between kind of what emotions are yours and what are not um and so i would say a big lesson for both of you is just strong boundaries and like just an awareness of like everything i feel is not my own and if i feel overwhelmed it's good to take physical space um and I would also say a big lesson for both of you is around speaking your truth because you're so empathic. It can be tempting at times to sugarcoat things or kind of like slide over things. So it's like, I don't really want to rock the boat. Like they're going to feel a lot and then I don't want to feel their thing. And like, I would just say like being uncomfortable and like speaking your truth and having hard conversations. is like very much a life lesson. Both of you are meant to go on. That's um, really hard though. <laughs> it is. Yes. Um, but like my guess and correct me if I'm wrong is that like not saying the thing takes up so much more space than just saying the thing. So yeah. much more space. Yeah. So true. You know, oh, that really resonates. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I would just remind you guys to like talk about it. Like mm -hmm. this is a, a lesson that you guys are both learning and exploring and like probably can really support each other. in. like, this is an area where you guys are like here to really learn together. Well, that's um, interesting because like, I want to know the truth. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I just like, tell me what's going on. Like whoever, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like I had a group of friends, uh, we were on vacation and I was the only single person there and there was like multiple couples there and they would all go into the room and process alone. And I would go to my room and be by myself. And I finally like knocked on the door of one of my good friends. And I was like, sat down. I was like, can you guys just tell me what's happening? Cause I'm feeling weird vibes and I don't know what's going on. And like, I have nobody to talk to about this. Yeah. So they were like, Oh yeah, of course. Like, here's what's going on. Here's what we're talking about. And I just finally like felt so much more. Yeah. Mm -hmm rested and relaxed and also my truth was like hey i just need to know what's going on like just totally. just help me no so anything on in a moment like that again like you're an empath so you're gonna feel it all mm -hmm. you know so it's probably nice to like have conversations and be like what am i actually feeling here and who am i feeling you know and what's actually happening here yeah um emily said so that makes sense for you as well oh yeah definitely and i can see how 
yeah, Brady and I are both similar in that ways. And I feel like we have been able to practice that and support each other in that in multiple moments. So I'd say Mm -hmm. that that feels accurate. I feel like we're doing a pretty good job of practicing that and supporting each other in that. Yeah. Like I feel like with you, Emily, like we've had moments where we've had, we've talked about various things like, Hey, like this is bothering me or this is hard for me. Like when you're in a partnership with like a collaboration with anybody, right? Like, um, but it feels like when we talk about the thing, there's more charge, like trying to bring up the conversation than there is actually talking about the thing. And (laughs) when we're talking about it, it's just like not a big deal. It's like Mm -hmm. very, like we understand each other. We can hold space for each other. We can like express our own truth in the midst of it. It's more just getting to that moment of trying to like bridge the gap into the conversation. Mm -hmm. So true. Definitely. Yeah. And again, it's just like, it's the getting there. that's often the hardest. Mm-hmm. but often you feel so much better on the other side of confrontation, you know, on the other side of actually addressing it. Mm-hmm. So Brady, let me talk about a few of the areas that can be particularly challenging for you. And then I'll talk about Emily. And when I say challenging, like that, you might be like, I'm good. I don't deal with these things, but, um, but they're life lessons for you. So the biggest lessons for you, Brady, and this comes from your undefined root and undefined head, um, for the human design people who know the language, um, you're like under a lot of pressure in your design. And, and what I mean by that is there's a pressure that comes from your root, which is a pressure to make everything happen right now. It's kind of this sense of like, I must apply the sense of urgency to everything that I'm doing. And a, a big lesson for you is like, not everything deserves your urgency. Not everything needs to happen right now. And to just be really discerning about like what to be fast for. And it's interesting. Cause like in your design, you're really fast. It's just about like knowing that like you can't be fast for everything. So what actually deserves it? The other piece, the undefined head is like, you also just like have a lot of ideas and are easily inspired. And this comes at so many parts of your design. Like you're just like an endless well. And like, there can be a real pressure that you feel to be like, I'm going to make all the ideas happen. And a big life lesson for you is like, my ideas are here to inspire others, not here to make them all happen myself. And so like, and it can make you feel really scattered if you're trying to pursue them all and you just feel like overwhelmed. So there's a pressure in your design to like make it all happen right now and pursue every idea that you have. And the work for you is knowing that not every idea is worth pursuing and not everything needs to be rushed for. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I resonate. Like, I think the every idea doesn't need to happen is something that I've really developed over the last number of years because I really do trust the spark inside of me. Like, not, this, not the, the excitement in my head, but like the spark in my body. It's I've different. really learned how to like to tap into that. So that's not as much of a problem. But the thing about everything needs to be done right now, like, oh, that's the most difficult thing for me. The open root center that you're talking mm-hmm. about, it's so hard. And the other thing I have a problem with is I don't know how long something's going to take. Yeah. Like when I sit down to do something, some people are like, oh, yeah, this is going to take 30 minutes or it's going to take an hour. I'm kind of like, oh, uh, I don't know how long it's take. I just got to get it done and I got to like rush until I get it done so I can feel satisfied. But the problem is like I keep rushing from this thing and then to the next There's thing. There's always another thing. thing. Mm-hmm. So part of the ways that I combat that is um, if I feel that energy, I just will go for a walk. I'm like, you know what? There's, there's, nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing to rush. Like I can go for a walk. I'm fine. I love that because I think that that's also a really good recommendation for these people. Like let the pressure dissipate. Like, don't allow your life to be just like all driven by pressure. Like what, when when you feel really pressurized, it's often not the right thing, you know? So kind of like letting it dissipate and engaging with it in a more sustainable way. 
Um, and honestly, like you're here to help others learn how to slow down too, and like kind of work in more sustainable ways. Um, and I love what you said, because like it is, these are like separate parts of your design. There's a part of your design where you're just like overflowing with ideas, like so excited, so inspired. And then like a part of you that's very like in your body and like very gut driven. And so like, it's just about knowing how to work with both. And so how to use your gut to drive your decision-making and how to let your mind be like a playground and source of inspiration for others, but not yeah. a place to kind of drive you crazy. That's what I, I was going to say that actually. Really? <laughs> well, I was going to say like, I use my um, open head center to like help other people in what they're doing, but I don't take ownership of needing to do that myself. Like I mm-hmm. sit down, people ask me for advice sometimes and like, Hey, and I'm like, do all these like things come to my mind? But like, I'm like, oh, I don't need to give myself to that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that makes Beautiful. sense. And also, like, in addition to that open head center, you have this channel, which are our strengths in human design, the strength of, I call it curiosity, the 1156 for those familiar. And, like, basically means, like, not only are you so easily inspired, but you're, like, an endless well of ideas. And you're just here to be, like, curious and, like, always exploring new ideas and, like, mm-hmm. probably could have a business where you literally are just sharing ideas with people, you know? And so it's just, like, a lesson for you of, like, again, not every idea needs to be pursued by me. And, like, often my ideas are just here to inspire others, you know? And how can I just wow. create ways for that? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we just here talk. <laughs> yeah. Great. This is what we do. Okay. So Emily, some of the areas that might be challenging for you, it doesn't mean they are, um, are one is comes from what we call an undefined spleen. And it means that you might sometimes have a tendency to hold on to things for too long, jobs, relationships, ways of being ways of doing simply because they feel known familiar and like what you've always known, but not actually because they're still right for you. And so a big lesson for you is like learning how to take risks and jump off and let go and like take inventory often. Um, and then you on the other side of that are here to help others let go as well, let go of what as well of kind of things that are no longer healthy for them. Mm. Do you feel like that lesson has shown up in your life? Do you feel like you're pretty good at letting go or do you feel like that's still <laughs> showing up? I definitely like I've described myself as loyal to a fault. It shows up most, I think, in relationships where I'll stay yeah. around things that are clearly not working, both romantically and platonically in the past. And like the universe will have to really rip it away from me in a painful way because I'm like, no, I'm going to hold on to this. So that's happened many, many times. And I have had to work on the letting go thing for sure. Okay. Yeah. And again, it's just useful to know that as a lesson where it's just like, you can have moments every so often where you're just like, what am I still holding on to? Not because it feels right in my gut and because it still feels lights me up, but because it's just like, I I know it, I've been doing it. Mm, Um, Another area for you, which is fun because it's really different than Brady is that you have what we call an undefined mind. And so what that means is that your gift is not in like being certain or having like an opinion about a thing, but it's about holding lots of perspectives, like seeing things from many different angles and kind of being able to explore it all. Like I would say your gift is very much in your uncertainty and not your certainty. Um, whereas Brady, like Brady, your gift is like having an opinion. It doesn't mean that you can't be open-minded, but like you're just going to be like, this is the way I see it, you know? And like, you guys can be really amazing allies because like Brady, if you go to Emily and you're like, Emily, show me a different perspective. Show me a different way of seeing this. Like she probably will show you something amazing, you know? And so um, I'm curious, Emily, first how that lands for you. Do do you notice that? Does that feel like a gift that you've embraced? It's kind of like my whole brand. It's like non-dual yes and 
lady. And I feel like it does show up between Brady and I, even just in the dynamic of the podcast where he'll come on with like a really strong opinion and I'll be like, yeah, and you could see it this way. So it does balance each other out well. (laughs) These people are amazing allies when they like get over the fact that they're different. Because like, I think a big lesson for you, Emily, is to like not expect everyone to be as open-minded as you or be able to kind of like be as non-dual holding those different perspectives. And a big lesson for you, Brady, is like not expecting everyone to like have an opinion or just like be certain about a thing. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but mine's usually right, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, so I'm kidding. my mind's thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool, we just see it like my way. Like, yeah. cool, like I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's always fun to look in relationships with that piece because also you can both like have a lot of certainty like Brady, but like be certain about really different things, you know? So it's mm. just like fun to kind of look at what the dynamic is. Um, yeah. The last kind of big lesson I would share for you, Emily, um, mm-hmm. is that you have an undefined or an open ego center, which is true for most people. And um, what this can show up as is kind of like a vacillating sense of self-esteem or you might have some days where you're like, I'm the best, you know, like I'm really so proud of myself. And then like followed by like self-doubt and questioning it all. And so like the waves are natural, but I would say a big life lesson for you is to not be guided by a need to prove yourself, you know? And like, anytime you're saying yes to prove that you're a good friend, a good collaborator, a good, whatever, the minute it's the wrong thing for you. Um, so I would just say a big lesson again is like not letting a need to prove guide you and turning to your gut instead to kind of really be your compass. Mm. That's like a potentially life-changing mindset shift right there. (laughs) That's, that's big. Yeah. Yeah. And like, as somebody that shares this and has this in my design, like the way that I work with it is like whatever I'm saying yes to anything, whether it's as simple as like posting something on Instagram or showing up in a way with my partner or like launching an offering, just like coming back and being like, where is it coming from? Like, is it coming from a need to prove? And it can be like, so like, you know, not, it's like, so it's like, I want to prove that I'm a good friend, you know, or I want to prove that I'm this, but it's just like, I know that the minute it comes from that place, it's not sustainable and it's not right. Um, it can lead to lots of success, but very rarely sustainable success. So just kind of having the awareness to pull back and make sure it's not guiding you. So what, what makes you say that? Like, do you feel like that need to prove has shown up for you? Definitely. I feel like it's my default way of operating so much so that it's hard for me to even imagine what it looks like to come from something else. And so my question to that for anybody else listening who might have the same thing is, is the, is the other motivating energy? Like for me, in my case, would that be that generator lit up feeling is what, what's yeah. it's coming from? Or what does it look like to not be motivated from that place? Mm-hmm. So for you, and it'll be different for everyone. For you, it comes from your gut. So it's like, I'm sharing this thing or saying yes to this commitment because it feels right. And I have the energy for it. And my gut is giving me like a full bodied yes. Mm -hmm. Not to prove that I'm good at anything or prove Mm -hmm. that I'm valuable. So Mm -hmm. it's like, again, so it's really kind of being driven by again, like what does my gut actually have the energy for? And what is it guiding me to both in all the small decisions and the big ones? Mm -hmm. So for people who have clarify. different, yeah, definitely. So for people who have a different authority center, it, it's, it's still, I'm assuming would be just listening to whatever that authority Basically. center is rather than the conditioning or the people pleasing or the codependency or the other things that totally. come into play. 
Exactly. And, and there can be other pieces based on type, you know, like I'm a projector. So, so much of my design is feeling like really recognized and seen. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if I'm making a commitment, it's like, is this a place where I really do feel genuinely seen for who I am? You know, or am I just like trying to prove this and be understood by these people that just don't see me, you know? So there could be other Mm -hmm. factors that also play in, play into it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is why you really liked the introduction at the yeah, beginning. You're this is why like, it was my favorite thing. Oh, <laughs> you like, like lit up. Yeah, I was like, I'll start everything this way, you know? Um, <laughs> but but yeah, my design is so much around recognition. Like it really fuels me. Um, not obviously like inauthentic recognition, but like that's what feeling really recognized and deeply seen is what gives projectors energy. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's good to know. Now we know how yeah. to love on our projectors. Words of affirmation. Yeah. Just let them know all the things that you see in them. Yeah. Your hair looks fantastic today. You're killing it. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Is there, I'm curious, Brady, because you're more familiar with human design, there are like a lot of different directions that we could go. Is there a piece that you're curious about in particular to dive into? Well, I think like there's some of the weird things the weird kind of fringy kind of things around human design that I've just kind of looked at a little bit around like, Oh, there's a way there's a, there's a diet thing. There's a way to eat. There's, um, uh, the, I think the, the, the nuance of the channels is pretty interesting. Totally. Um, when it comes to like really dialing in where you, what you're meant to do and be in the world in a Mm -hmm. sense. And I've heard the storyteller thing around me and that kind of stuff. So I think that's interesting. Okay. Let's do channels and then go fringe for a bit. Okay. Um, Okay. So I'm going to start with you, Brady. So we talked about your ideas piece, the two other and channels again are just like innate strengths. So two others that you carry, one is the gift of sales and marketing, which basically just means like you just have an innate genius about how to market things in a way that can really be heard by people, like an ability to kind of just language things in a way that makes sense. And you could honestly probably sell whatever you want. And your work is to just like only sell and get behind things that you feel like your heart is really in. And like what comes with this one is efficiency. Like you can do more in a few hours than most can in a whole day. And so like as a generator, you might actually have these very bursty energy where it's like you can accomplish a lot and then kind of like pause and then wait for the go on a walk and wait for the energy to kind of surge back up. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize that in yourself? Yeah, I definitely think, I think that it's like, it's, it's hard for me to talk about things I don't believe in, but when I really believe in something like, everybody wants to experience that thing. So like I have to be like, I could never do the influencer thing to just try to promote things to make money. Yeah. But like, I have to promote things that I believe in. And then when I'm really excited, like it has a serious, it has a way better traction and way better response. Right. As far as people engaging in the thing that I'm like talking about. Yeah, exactly. And do you notice those bursts of energy at all in terms of kind of the efficiency? Yeah. Oh yeah. The efficiency thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's difficult for me, especially when I have a deadline to like take a break. Um, Mm -hmm. but if I do follow the energy inside of me and I take that break and then I just wait for the burst to come again, Mm -hmm. um, there have been times where I'm like, Oh, it's, this is a work. This is a time in the day that I normally work, but I don't feel like working. And then I'll be like on the couch and it'll be 7 PM. And I'll be like watching like sports or something. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like this burst hits me yeah. and I'm like, Oh, there it is. I grab my computer. I do the thing. And I, if, 
and it takes 30 minutes. Exactly. But if I would have done it exactly. when I thought I needed to do it, it would have taken the rest of the day and I would have gone to bed feeling like exhausted, like not oh, in a good sense. way. So yeah, I relate. Such a good reminder. It's just like, it just like, it, it really is so much more efficient when you allow yourself to operate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one for you is the gift of vision and direction. I know it can be a hard one at times because like... Did you say erection or direction? No, sorry, vision or direction. <laughs> the gift of erection. I was like, weird. Yeah. I was like, interesting. Okay. Never I'm not fringe part of human idea. <laughs> Super fringy. Okay. Super fringy. Okay, so the... Vision and direction. Vision and, and direction. Direction. Yeah, with, a, with a D. D. There's but, a D in front, yeah. But also not a D. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so this piece for you is so much around the fact that like you can really bring so much vision to the people that you're around. Like when you're around others, you can really kind of unlock in them their direction and like where they're going. Um, and it's just like your presence, you know, it can be annoying for you because you aren't going to always know where you're going. Like your gut is going to guide you one step at a time. But like when you're really empowered in that and just trust that, like your energy by itself can be so profound for others. So you really just do like you really can unlock so much in the people around you when you really are aligned yourself. I love that. Okay. So Emily, um, the two big ones for you, and this kind of actually relates to the letting go piece that we talked about. Um, one of your gifts is called the gift of cycles. And it basically, it actually kind of relates to everything you've talked about is that like for you, there's like a real importance in your life of having like beginnings, middles and ends. Um, and what I mean by that is like really intentionally entering into things like because your gut is giving you that yes, not because your mind is in it, then kind of immersing yourself entirely in that process. And then when it's time to leave, leave, cause it's like not until you complete a thing that there's space for another one to begin. Mm. And so like just having a lot of intention around kind of what you bring to completion and making sure you're not kind of like half-heartedly keeping your hand in something, because like you said earlier, exactly, like it makes you unavailable for other things to come in. So I think for you, the two reminders are bringing so much intention around how you enter into things and also bringing like such intentionality and clarity around like when you kind of walk out and like to walk out completely. Mm. How does that feel to you? Have you noticed that in your own life? Definitely. I think especially the endings part, really closing a door is one of the hardest things for me, but it's also the thing that just gives me the most energy when I do it. Like I feel so good after I do it, but it's really tough, but it's, I've, I've really come to see how important that is for my energy. Cause if it's, even if it's a little bit not fully closed, I can feel it. Even if I'm not externally putting energy into it, I can feel it internally if I don't really close things. And it's tempting, you know, it's like, oh, it's just like a little bit, you know, it's like, oh, but that's really impactful too. Um, And then the other big gift for you is around leadership. And like, you're somebody who's such a natural leader and so naturally influential, but it's like not a very traditional form of leadership. Like, I would say like the way that you're meant to lead is not this kind of like boss where it's like, I'm the boss, listen to me. It's very much around kind of being so sensitive to and attuned to the people around you and just representing them. Like Mm -hmm. you might be somebody who's very reluctant to lead, which is what makes you an amazing leader. Um, So really kind of just saying really connected to who you're leading and like paying attention to where kind of invited in to lead. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed it at all? Do you feel connected to that? Yeah, definitely. I know too in the, another system, the Enneagram, I'm the counter type nine, which in that system is 
this is what you just said, like the reluctant leader, but is the best leader of all the different types. So that's something I'm familiar with from, I've heard before from a different system and resonates for sure. Yeah. And again, so it's always just like, it's, it's so natural within you, but it's like, just like, how can I stay really attuned to the people around me? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And then some of the strengths that you guys create together are the strength of innovation. I mean, a lot of the energy you guys create together is very much just like bringing new ideas and new ways of doing things to life, you mm-hmm. know? So like this, like this drive to kind of like change things up, change the way things have been done to kind of bring new powerful insights into the world. Um, they kind of be very driven to make people feel really kind of like um, safe and comfortable in your energy. So like all those kind of energies are activated when the two of your charts are layered on top of each other. Hmm. What are the bad energies that are activated when our charts are layered on top <laughs> Ooh, of each give other? Us the dark, juicy stuff. <laughs> There's not really any bad energies, you know. No. I know, I know you want there to be. Um, I would say, okay, I would say like some of the challenging things is more around kind of how your centers interact, which might be sometimes Brady, you kind of like unconsciously putting pressure on. Emily to prove herself to kind of exacerbate that tendency that's always already within her. Um, mm. But again, that just requires Emily that you're like aware uh, that you're like not being guided by that. Um, whereas for Emily, you might find actually like sometimes when you get really stressed, it can like spill over and really impact Brady. And so a lesson from Brady is to kind of not get lost in stress. That's not his own specifically yours. Mm. Emily, do you feel like that? Do you feel like in our working dynamics, sometimes I force you to prove yourself? Um, it's not something that has been, I've been consciously aware of. So I'd have to kind of, now that she's brought that up, I feel like I need to pay attention to it and notice when I bring some more awareness to when I feel the pressure, but not something Mm. that I've noticed before. I definitely have a thing that I know that I put on people that I collaborate with, which is, um, a rush, like a time frame thing. Like, wait, are totally. are you gonna are you gonna do this now? Like, uh, it's like three days later. I'm like, D- did this person even hear what I said? Like, I have a time frame from them that I don't always communicate, or an expectation that I communicate that it could be difficult to work with me. Well, that's like the defined ego, you know, it is like, and that's the piece that I'm sharing is like, you have such a capacity, Brady, to make things happen so quickly and so powerfully when you want to. But a big lesson for you is not bulldozing others and having unrealistic expectations. Like your job is to be like, how can I help people with really high standards and also like not think they're going to do things exactly like I'll do them, you know, and like create space for them to like do it in their own way. And then like you also just shared, like you also like are really sensitive to like timing and always in a rush. And so sometimes you can have really um, unsustainable feelings around timing for other people as well. Yeah. I, I relate. Hey, can you like touch really quickly in my chart around the, the thing about my life? Like I meant to like investigate and then like talk about. Oh yeah, the about, profile. I can't believe I didn't talk about that. Yeah. Like the well, one three. Yeah. Was that what you were asking? Yes. And then there's this whole thing, I guess, I don't know about like, literally I'm just supposed to like puck around and find out and then tell people about my journey. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so glad you asked. The profile is such an important part of our design. Um, you're one three and Emily's a six two. Um, really, really different. And so for you, Brady, there's a very investigative nature to your design. Mm -hmm. Like you're just here to like dive deep, understand the details. Like you're just like such a researcher. And so again, like even when you mentioned that period of stagnancy last year, like a good question for you is always like, what am I most curious to learn about? Like, what can I not stop diving into and how can I kind of create space for that? 
So you're so investigated. Like you really like just need to understand how things work. Um, and then also the like three that you're mentioning is like, you're also just like an experimenter. Like you're just here to like bump into things and make mistakes and learn from your mistakes and keep growing. And like, you just like learn like in a very hands-on kind of way. Somebody might be like, Brady, like human design is cool. You're like, I don't care until I experience it for myself. You know, like it means nothing until I have my own experience of it. And like, like you just said, there's such wisdom and magic you can share with others when you just share your life experience. You're like, Hey guys. So like I made all these mistakes. I learned all these things. And like, I'm here to share my lessons with you, you know? And so I would say a big lesson for you is to not underestimate the value of sharing your personal journey with others, obviously with whatever boundaries you would like, because the, the lessons you're learning along the way are really useful for others as well. That was really affirming when I heard that first. I was like, that's what I like to do. That's what I do most of the time. And then taking some of the pressure off of making mistakes. Yes. Like the, there's actually, that's, that's how I'm meant to learn and grow. It's like trying something and then it not working. It's like a trial and error kind of thing. And like the only, the only true failure for this, for my type is to like, I don't know how you would say it, but like just let failure overtake you rather than going, no failure is the way like there is no, there is no such thing other than failure for you to like learn and grow and evolve. Exactly. And And help others. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, it's a very natural part of your process. And so it is very much around the thing that like, there's no such thing as like a mistake for you. You know, it's just like everything that doesn't work brings you closer to what does. Well, yeah. And I'm kind of like, let's, let's go big. Cause like I, I have had those moments where like throughout my life where I failed at the thing I was desperately afraid of failing, like professional baseball, I got released and I was like, no, it finally like ended. And I was like, oh, I'm okay. Like, or like I had a moment where in my twenties where like I, the nest egg that I'd saved, I completely ran out of money and I was like, oh, I'm okay. Like the thing I was most desperately afraid of wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. And so I think it's given me a lot more courage when it comes to anything. I'm like, oh, I'm down to just try this and see what happens. Exactly. Right. And then it can be like just much more fun, you know, where it's just like, oh, it's not working great. You know, like I can't wait to like discover all things that I learned from that process. Totally. And then Emily, you're six two. Um, so the two is so much around the hermit piece that I was mentioning at the beginning. There's a very hermetic nature to you. It does not require that you hermit all the time, but having time and space alone to be in your own flow is so nourishing, so important for you. So important to kind of partner with and be around people that honor that need. Um, it also means that you just like carry this like innate genius. Like you're just here to just like do things in like this innate way that just kind of works for you and like in a way that you can't always explain. And you just kind of bring this like innate talent to what you do and, and the right people really recognize that and see that. Um, before I move on to the sixth piece, is that, do you recognize that within yourself? Has that been your experience? Yeah, definitely. I've been, had that reflected back to me from people around me. Um, the sixth piece is around the fact that you're somebody who's a very natural role model and somebody that naturally kind of like can pull back and see things from a higher perspective. Um, but you're really meant to live your life in three phases. So the first 30 years of your life was meant to be like trial and error galore. Um, just kind of like experimenting, make mistakes, like just gathering experiences. Um, and then 30 to 50 is really time to kind of invest your energy in what works and really process all the things that you've learned and start to see things from a higher perspective. Mm-hmm. And you are meant to hit your prime when you turn 50. Not because you have to wait until then, but just because it's meant to keep getting better and better and better. And like you're meant to become such an embodied 
example of all your wisdom that like you inspire authenticity in others by just being yourself. Mm. So that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. 50 year old me is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, if I had that type, I'd be so depressed after hearing that. I'd be like, wait, what? Like, I want to like oh. show up and show out now. <laughs> no, it gives me like a, a sense of like, taking the weight off my shoulders and I can kind of breathe and not mm. feel this rush and this pressure. Cause it makes sense with the things that I feel passionate about and what I do feel like my calling is in this world is a lot around sharing wisdom and being a leader and being a voice. And that takes time to build that wisdom and it just gets yes. sweeter and sweeter and better and better. And so in terms of things like speaking and writing books and like educating, I just, it makes so much sense that I would really hit, my highest moments of that at a little older of an age makes a lot of sense. So, and again, it's not about like things not happening before then. It just like, as you're saying, it just becomes sweeter. It just becomes richer. Yeah. It just becomes deeper, you know? And like, I share this profile and I discovered human design when I was 25. Um, and I was just like, um, I want to be a role model now. Like, do I really have to wait, you know? And like, and I just like, as the years have passed, I just like really like I'm seeing it more and more. And I think that like mm. I see it more as a thing to just kind of like look forward to and sink into. Um, mm. But but again, it, it doesn't mean that like you can't find success and do all the things beforehand. It's just going to look a little bit different as you get older. Mm-hmm. Wait, Aaron, are you a 6'2 projector? Am. Oh, mm. so you know this. I do know this. I know it well. And I've also been around plenty of people that are like in that third phase and you just feel it, you know, there's like such a gravity to their energy. Like it's just like, they're just like, they just speak and everyone's like, what's going on? You know, they just want to listen. Like there's just a weight they hold. And so, um, it's cool to see. It's also cool to see you tapping into that a little bit sooner than you're 50 because you have that thing too as well. Like maybe not fully matured, but I see it inside of you. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I think that like, it is a good reminder where it's not like nothing happens and then 50 you're like, Oh, it's here. It's like, it just keeps getting like, again, I love what Emily said. It just keeps getting sweeter. Like it's like often people that are six twos are like seen as such old souls and like so wise for like a very early age, like their age never quite matches where they're at. And I don't know your experience, Emily, but like, since I've been young, people always think I'm far older than I am. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that like, but we just like, we start to find, you know, it starts to kind of become more congruent and we like find each other as we grow older, but it's always there. It just gets all the space to kind of develop into its full potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Shall we end with a fringy food? Yes. Okay. Fringy. Okay. So let's start with Emily. So Emily, and when it comes to digestion um, mm-hmm. and food, one, let me just see what Brady is so I can speak about these together. Um, okay. Yeah. So you're different. So for you, Emily, you're not really designed to be super rigid um, about like when you eat and like how often you eat. It's not about like, okay, breakfast here and then lunch and I've got to keep myself fed. It's very flowy. You know, it's like eat when you're hungry, drink when you're thirsty, like fasting might feel natural to you. Um, and then I want to share two other pieces, but I want to just see if that feels aligned with the way that you eat or very misaligned. Definitely aligned. Aligned. Inconsistent. The other piece. Based on my gut instincts. Totally. (laughs) Right. It can like just keep changing, you know? And then um, the other pieces for you are one, you're somebody who's meant to be very picky about your food. Like 
I would not say that it's important to be like, oh, I'm going to like just try different meals every day. Like for you, it's about like finding the things you love and like sticking with it. Like until like the seasons change or you feel like inspired to change it up. But like if you like a smoothie every morning or like a whatever, some point during the day, like I would go with it. You know, for you, it's about like eating the things that you know that you love and like being very kind of picky and selective. And often like you will know before something hits your tongue, whether you want it or not. Mm. Yeah, that resonates. And then finally, does that resonate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other piece is like the, is around kind of your strongest sense is that you're somebody who's just like very sensitive to kind of like the vibe of a space, you know? And so like eating in restaurants and around places where you like, like the vibe and the energy and the things you're taking in is really, really important. If you, I have this as well. And I feel so deeply I'm in a restaurant. Like, I don't like it. You know, like, I just like, I don't like the vibe. Like you just like need like the sounds, the smells, like all of it, like has to feel aligned. Like you are really meant to be, um, you're just, you're taking it all in. So, and you'll digest best when you're in spaces that really just feel right in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels like that, that feel applies to more than just food. Even I feel like environment is so crucial for me to do anything to create, to relax, like, it's got to be dialed in. Dialed in. And it's like, and it's like taking information as well. It's just like, it allows you to process so much better when you're just like in a space that feels really right. Mm-hmm. For you, Brady, you're the opposite. Um, in that, like, real I, quick, I, are we talking about the arrows now in the charts? Yeah. Like the four arrows, the pointing right. We're down on the very top left one. So there's meaning based on the direction it's facing. So what I was reflecting to Emily in terms of kind of like eating when she's hungry, like that's because that top left arrow is facing right. Brady's the opposite. The other pieces come from layers underneath those arrows. So this is all based on the top left arrow. Hmm. And you can look that stuff up on humanassignblueprint.com. You can kind of see what your digestion is. So for you, consistency is a bit more necessary for you, Brady. Like it's really like your brain is moving really fast. And so it's really important to kind of keep yourself really well fed and well nourished throughout the day. So like consuming something when you get up, you know, before meeting, like just like not going too long without eating. Like if you love fasting, I'll never tell you not to do it, Mm -hmm. but like your system needs according to human design, a bit more consistent nourishment. And I will just kind of caveat this by saying I will rarely talk about this piece kind of like when I first meet people because like, (laughs) and I love all the rabbit holes, but also it's weird. We told how you best digest food early on. And I will say kind of the more you really integrate and play with your design, like the more this piece will make sense. And so like, I would not force yourself to be like, I've got to dive into it now. Like start with other basic things and then kind of let it come with time. Okay. So Brady, how does that feel? But also like dive into it now because Right. Because he's got to remember he's a researcher. He's got to get in the details. He's got to know it all. (laughs) Um, You know, the interesting thing about what you're saying is that I just read about this like last week or within the last few days and um i actually intermittent fast and so when i wake up in the morning i'll drink coffee with um like a bulletproof coffee like mct oil and stuff like that because it doesn't make me hungry until like the afternoon Mm -hmm. and i usually don't well this i want to throw this beer away because i'm not sure i actually forget to eat yeah. Um, and I don't really buy groceries cause I don't like to make things. <laughs> so I just kind of go out and grab stuff and then I'll get to this point where I'm like working or I'm doing something. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so hungry. Like, what am I doing? And sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's my open root center, the like hurry thing that like stops me from nourishing and taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And then I can actually get myself in a funk. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think there's parts of me that I'm not totally aligned with at the moment okay. because I'm like kind of go, go, go. And then I'm like, oh damn, I got to eat. And then I eat and then I can recover a little bit. I feel so much better, but I can get myself in a funk. So I'm not sure that I've known this aspect. I'm not sure I've known this aspect, but you know, the last few days I have like grabbed a taco because I'm obsessed with tacos a little sooner in the day. And instead of like waiting and then grabbing a bigger portion of things, I've just like grabbed a taco and I'm like, Oh, uh, I feel pretty good. Actually, maybe that's a little more sustaining. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'll know what's sustainable for you, but like it might feel good to like, um, just like have things available, whether it's like pre-made meal, whatever it is, like just where it's like, where you're not in a rush because like, and I would just like with all things human design, I would just experiment with it. Like if you like really like had things available and like reminded yourself to eat or even had an alarm, like how your productivity was different, like how you felt in your body, how that was different. Like it's just, again, like there's so much happening in your design and so much energy and the nourishment fuels it, mm. you know? And so, and even if it's just like, I'm going to have like free almonds, you know, it's like little things can make a difference. And mm. something that's also interesting here, which it feels like maybe you're not doing, but I could be incorrect here is that when it comes to eating, what's really important for you is the quality of your environment, specifically on like how calm it feels. Like mm-hmm. you might find that you can take in information and food best when like the environment is calm, you know, and that can be like eating by yourself, you know, like not like at a super buzzy restaurant or eating like the calmest place in a restaurant or eating next to a person that makes you feel calm. But like when you're surrounded <laughs> by calm, it like really like allows you. And so like something that might be interesting to play with Brady is like just kind of incorporating a little ritual around eating, Mm. you know, to kind of like include, to really encourage a consistency, but also to kind of like create a space for you to just like slow down and just eat. That's interesting because I've also been a savage when I eat, like a straight savage. I'm like throwing it in my mouth and finishing it as soon as possible. Um, But I will say when I, every time I do a reservation, when they write, when you write in the notes, like anything, I go, hey, um, if there's any chance we could have a corner booth that's in a little quieter area, like that would be amazing. Oh, yes. And there's literally restaurants that I won't go to anymore because the playlist sucks and it's way too loud. <laughs> and I'm man. like, I can't, like, I love the food there, but I can't eat there because my whole nervous system feels whack when exactly. I leave. Exactly. It just, and that's all it's like, how does it make you feel? It's like, does this environment calm me down or not? And so like to be in calm spaces when you eat is so good. And then the last piece for you, Brady, is around smell. Like according to your design, it's so much around your nose. Like you want to eat food that smells good, you know? And like, or like, you know, if you're dating somebody, it's important for them to like, you like the smell of them. Like there's just like so much insight that your nose is offering you. So like, I don't know whether you feel connected to that, but I would just pay attention. Like, does this place smell good? Does this person smell good? Does this food smell good? Like kind of consuming things or just being around things that really smell good or to your nose or like, um, can feel really good and important for you. Interesting. I've also heard that like the nose is, is symbolic with discernment. So yeah. would you it's say like, they're connected? Oh, totally. Cause it's very much about like just like sniffing things out and seeing what's for you and what's not. Sniffing <laughs> things <laughs> out. Weird as it sounds. And it kind of goes with your researcher <laughs> nature. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Emily. So if you see me like um, more often, you just know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, there are so many other pieces, but I feel like that's probably. Yeah. That's we, a went lot. In, we went in yeah. deep. We went in deep. And I, I know that human design can overwhelm people. So let's just. We'll, we'll like, we'll wrap it there. But like, yeah. curious, Emily, your, your first, we'll, we'll dive into like the uncensored moments, but like your experience of Aaron over these last 
this last hour. Yeah, well, I'll and save all the things she I'll said. Save the all the the hot tea for the the house uncensored section if people want to hear that. Mm. But yeah, in general, I feel like I definitely learned a lot. A lot resonated, mm. and um, yeah, it's I'm I'm interested to to continue and learn more. I think the thing that I really appreciate about you, Aaron, is um, your openness, your open handedness with the expertise that you sort of have. And when you deliver this information, you're also like checking in with how does this feel for you? Does it resonate? Does it not resonate? And mm -hmm. I think some people get very um, heavy handed with a certain lens or a certain profiling system for how people are supposed to be and you uh you don't seem to have that you know and i think i think i think it allows for space for people the nuance of people to be what they are yeah. even if they don't resonate with it and i think it allows for space for people to be where they are because you might be sharing something that actually is deeply true and all the people around them know that it's true, but they actually, they don't know it's true yet about them. And there feels like a, it's, it's a very, um, I think that I would be more of a helicopter parent, but you would be the hel you would be the parent that would allow the person to just kind of like fall down, the kid to fall down and figure out their own thing. And I think I really respect and admire that quality inside of you. Mm, thank you for saying that. I think that like that's really um, developed with time, and I think that like. I believe that human design can be such a transformative system for so many people, but I think when it's presented in a really dogmatic way, it really limits the people it can reach, you know? And I think like the more, the less dogmatic I am, I think the more accessible it becomes. And I work with so many skeptics now that I just like, and so many teams that I just know how important that is. So, mm. um, yeah. and I think also like human design is amazing as are many other systems and they're also just tools. And like, yeah. if we're not using them as ways to kind of stay connected to ourselves and like trust ourselves and connect with ourselves, they don't really mean much. Yeah. And so, and, and so I think that like, it's really, I think that human design is the most effective in my opinion, when it is presented in a really open-handed way. Mm. I know that a lot of other human design teachers disagree, but, um, that's definitely been my approach. So thanks for recognizing that. You're giving me all the recognition today. <laughs> Love it. But yeah. let, me, let me ask you one more hot, hot take question. Okay. Um, as one who's d dove into human design, like the depths of it, like if you were going to make a critique about human design or if something that you've studied, like, actually, I don't buy this. Like, I don't think it's right. Like, is there anything that you would say, like, as a, as an expert of human design, like, actually it's kind of bullshit. Like this aspect of human design is a little bit bullshit or I don't totally believe it. Is there anything there question. that hasn't like, worked out or like think like parts of charts or readings that actually haven't connected with people consistently? Is there anything that, is there anything that you would offer like possible, yeah. like a possible hole in the system? Hmm. Well, I just, do you know the book, um, think again by Adam Grant? Oh, I've heard of Adam Grant. Yeah. Um, I just read this book and it's so much about like rethinking everything. And like, it's just like, it's, it's both scary and amazing to be like open-minded enough to be like, what if none of it's true, you know? And so like, I think that like, um, my orientation is very much like, is it helpful and not like, it must be true. Um, I don't think I've seen it one part of human design where I'm like, that just consistently doesn't resonate. Um, I do think that some of the food stuff often doesn't resonate at first, but does later on. Um, but I would say, 
it's more around how people approach it. And even the founder of human design, who's no longer alive, it was very much like people can't do this if they're this. And I just like, I don't buy it, you know? And so like, I think that I definitely don't buy any part of human design that says you can't do a thing because you're thin. I think we can all do all the things. We're just going to do it differently. And human design helps us know how to do that. Yeah. Um, I also like, and he like received all this information. So I perhaps cannot blame the founder. Like, thank God that the system is here. But like, a lot of the titles and language languaging is very weird you know and like and not very intuitive and so like there and again that that wasn't necessarily his choice but i think that there are some pieces that are like named in really weird ways like there's a strength of judgment like i I haven't ever shared that with somebody in a way that has felt empowering so i changed the name you know so like i think that like i really um went through a very traditional education in human design and like and that felt very important to me. And I also have taken liberties in translating some of the material in a way that I think makes it more accessible. And some people might think that that's wild and we shouldn't do that, but like we're evolving and we're changing and information deserves to as well, you know? And so like, it's been so amazing kind of now teaching a whole new generation and people to read and offer human design, like um, in a way that I think is a lot more empowering than the way it was taught to me. You know, and I, guys, I don't subscribe to many emails, but like I am on Erin Claire Jones's email list and she sends out the best emails ever. And she's an amazing follow on Instagram at Erin Claire Jones. And literally, if you want to pay for anything, I would first say go for the blueprint and use Soul Games for a discount code. I don't know how much we're going to give off. What are we going to give off? off. 10% 10% off mm-hmm. um, or just follow her. And she always posts dis- discount codes <laughs> regularly. So like you'll get in for sure. But that is like such an easy way to get in. And then Aaron, I think you're doing classes and you're starting to do like one-on-one readings again. You guys like this, this, she's life-changing and her work's life-changing. And um, the soul lab experience was for me, like really delightful. And like, I feel like we, 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 we stole you. We stole a really good time (laughs) for a while. And I'm really grateful for you and your friendship and your expertise and your heart. Um, it, it's, it's really nice to know people, um, who are really great at what they do also be like really great humans. So Thanks it's, for saying that. It's been a delight. <laughs> yeah, it's been so fun, you know, and they've been so patient. So thank you. I'm so glad we made this happen and that we're able yeah. to come together. So um, it was such a joy speaking to both of you. Oh, thank you, Aaron. Uh, we are about to hit host uncensored and let Aaron go as we unpack our experience with human design. Emily being really her first time in human design and me being here for a while, um, but we won't talk too much shit. Uh, Aaron, you, you, you're too delightful for us to talk to. <laughs> anyway, thank you again for joining us. Guys, check out Aaron Claire Jones at AaronClaireJones.com or on Instagram at AaronClaireJones. We'll put all our stuff in the show notes. And um, love you so much. Hopefully chat with you soon. Hey, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for spending some time with us. If you want to find out more about what's happening with Soul Games, find us on Instagram at The Soul Games or go to thesoulgames.com. 
would love your help in rating and reviewing the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to stay tuned to all future episodes. Hey, and if you're loving these episodes and they make your life a little more beautiful, please consider signing up for the paid subscription of Soul Games, the podcast, or even donating through listener support. Yeah, we'd love your support. All monthly subscribers will get access to bonus content, previous episodes, and be the first to know about exclusive upcoming opportunities to join in on the Soul Games community. Yeah, we're really excited about the Soul Games community, where you'll have a chance to connect with myself, Emily, and others who are on a similar journey of exploring new ways to enjoy the game of life with a touch more soul. Well, we appreciate you all so much, and as always, it's a pleasure to be with you. We are your hosts, Brady Toops and Emily Capshaw. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Love you. Bye. Soul Games, the podcast, is a production of Soul Games Media.